Let's get into those Los Angeles Chargers. May have had the best offseason of any team in the NFL. David Drogemeyer, co-host of Locked On Chargers, joining us today to talk. Chargers talk. Justin Herbert and how this team looks in the ultra-competitive AFC West. Coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson here with you. As always, at the Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And joining us, a very special guest from the network, co-host of Locked On Chargers, David Drogemeyer at Drotalk SD on Twitter. And I, I guess, do you have to change your handle to Drotalk LAC? Or are you still just <laughs> up in San Diego these days? I, it looks like you got the old Chargers colors in the background as well. I do, yeah, and I'm not changing it to LAC. Uh, as we all know, I can't really make any changes to the Twitter handle now that I'm verified, so right, yeah. I'm kind of stuck. But I am from San Diego, born and raised, and so that that's not going to ever be taken away from me. So I, it is a little bit of a part of my identity. How well have those San Diego fans traveled up to LA with the Chargers? Have they grown their fan base being in LA? Has it sort of hurt them that some San Diego fans maybe said, oh, that's BS, I'm not following this team up to Los Angeles, you know, they're, they're, they're not the San Diego Chargers anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I think honestly the biggest problem for the Chargers is when they left, they basically alienated the entire city of San Diego. They, mm -hmm. they didn't include them in their move. I feel like if they went, and I understand they want to turn over a new leaf and they want to immediately try to capture the hearts and minds of their, you know, new fan base in their new region, but they didn't have to alienate the fans that they had for 50 plus years in San Diego. If they're, if they said, Hey, we tried to make it work. Unfortunately, the money didn't, you know, it didn't work in our favor. So we had to move up to LA. We still want to do events here. We still want to include you guys. I feel like that would have been the much better approach to not, you know, just discard all of those fans they already have. And I do also, you know, being back to San Diego a couple of different times, there's a lot of Charger fans still in San Diego. I think a lot of them are in the closet, like they don't want to be seen, but they're definitely there. They're listening, <laughs> they're watching, they're paying attention, but they don't want anyone to know it. I mean, along those lines, though, this is maybe the most exciting team in the league, although the other L.A. teams were coming <laughs> off Super Bowl too, and that doesn't yeah. help, I would imagine. <laughs> Do you expect attendance to be a little better? You know, like as a Steeler guy, we look at the Charger game like, oh, that'll be 70% Steeler fans. Right. You know, I mean, do you think that improves going forward? Absolutely, I do. Good. I mean, I think last year already was a turn for the positive as far as attendance was concerned. I think they had a lot more sellouts. They had a lot more actual Charger fans in the building. And, yeah, there's something that we definitely take personally. As Charger fans out there, we know that the, 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 the idea is that the Chargers don't have a great fan base and that they don't travel well, and they want to change that for sure. And, obviously, what helps? That's winning. Um, and having <laughs> electric Herbert, players, yeah. right? right? Like Justin <laughs> Herbert and Derwin James and Austin Eckler, guys that are marketable, that can bring butts into seats. And I think also what helps is that Justin Herbert performed extremely well in those primetime nationally televised games that really opened up the rest of the NFL to, hey, this Justin Herbert kid is for real. 5,000 passing yards. 
Yeah. I mean, come on. 5,000 passing yards, 38 touchdowns in his second NFL season. He's got so much talent. It's absurd. Is there even more there for Justin Herbert? Is there something you say you look at a 5,000-yard passing season and you say, oh, actually, there's this, this, this he could even improve on, and maybe that team's even better. And we're not even talking about the additions they've made this year yet. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Justin Herbert, the, the crazy thing, guys, is he hasn't been in the same offensive system since he was in high school. It's been a different yeah. offensive system, a different coach every single year. So this is the only the first time since high school that he's going into the same offensive system for the second year in a row. So absolutely it could get better. They had to dump all of the offense onto him last season and try to teach him something that's completely foreign to him. And he even admitted, he's like, man, I was drowning. Like in, in the beginning, they threw so much at me and Hey, this guy's incredibly intelligent too. Let's not forget. He was an academic Heisman at Oregon, so he can take it like, but that's just a lot of information to absorb. And now this season, he doesn't have to learn the system. He knows the system. So it's much more about mastery. It's more about adding and subtracting things that worked, things that didn't work. So I think what's going to be even better for Justin Herbert this year is the efficiency. I think he's going to cut down on the interceptions. He had about 15 interceptions last year. Now, a couple of those weren't his fault, as are all interceptions with every sure. quarterback, right? But that's going to go down because he's going to have even more mastery of the offense. He's going to be more comfortable with his wide receivers. They didn't have a lot of turnover on the offensive side of the ball. So I think Justin Herbert's efficiency is going to go way up. I think the the uh, you know the passing percentage I think could eclipse seventy percent, and I see the interceptions dropping below ten. And I think you might not see more uh, yards overall, but I think you're going to see much better efficiency with Justin Herbert, and that's not a bad thing. So I have a few fantasy questions to throw at you. It's this kind of fantasy season, of course. This correlates with the offense as a whole. Yeah. Do you see Austin Eckler as like a top five fantasy back? Do you see Spiller being the answer behind him? Let's just start there, you know, and maybe the short yardage guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Austin Eckler is definitely a top five back just because he's it's so incredibly uh, effective however you give him the football. And I think last year he had over 900 yards rushing, but he's always been a fantastic receiving back. Oh, yeah. And he had 20 touchdowns last year which is crazy. I don't think around the NFL he gets enough credit for that type of performance. I mean, 20 touchdowns is awesome. And I, I know you look at Chargers history and you see uh, LaDainian Tomlinson get 30-plus touchdowns. Uh, but, I mean, hey, in this day and age, 20 touchdowns is very, very impressive. But the Chargers have cycled through two or three different draft picks to try seems to like find every year. running mate yeah, for right. Austin Eckler. And Austin Eckler is a great player, but he's not the type of running back that's built to take those inside carries and give you, you know, 25 to 30 touches on the ground. That's just not the way he is built. He's not put together that way. So Isaiah Spiller coming out of the SEC looks like he's been battle tested. He looks like he has that size. He has that wiggle. He has that contact balance that you're looking for that could spell Austin Eckler. And I think you might not get as much touchdowns from Austin Eckler, but I think you're going to get another, again, a more efficient version because he's not getting beat up game in and game out. So I think Isaiah Spiller is a fantastic partner for him, a guy that can really spell him and not see the production drop off so exponentially. 
Is it more of a, an A and B? Because it seems like Spiller can do a lot of th- – they're built very differently, obviously. Oh, yeah. It, like, it doesn't need to be like an early down, third down back situation. You can just kind of spell him and have Spiller come in and just take a series and, and play every down in that series, then bring it back Eckler and play every down on that series. Yeah, I mean, that, that happened a lot last year. It's just, you know, they had to take Eckler off the field for a series or two just to give him a blow, give him a break. And, you know, unfortunately, the guys that they cycled in there, whether it was Justin Jackson or Joshua Kelly or Larry Roundtree, none of them were effective at all. Like, it, it was, you know, when they came onto the football field, it was kind of like, well, we can erase the run because these guys can't get any type of production on the ground. So we know they're throwing the football when Eckler is not on the football field. So... Yeah, I mean, it would be much, much better if Isaiah were to be able to come in and be able to give good production to pair with Austin Eckler. The Chargers have desperately missed that, and their running game took a big hit because of it. So at the wide receiver position, I'm a big fan of Josh Palmer coming on as a strong number three. I think he's got a really bright future. But considering where Allen and Williams are in their career, their age, uh, their prime of their careers, and the money they're now getting – could Williams be the one, or is that the, a reach? No, I don't think it's a reach at all. I, I think when you lo- look at Mike Williams, especially him playing the X receiver in yeah. this offense or the number one guy, I mean, he got featured a lot last year, and he made a lot of big plays. But Mike Williams has always made a lot of big plays. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that he was given the platform to show that he could be the number one wide receiver. And I think last year it was kind of one and one A and one B there with, with him and Keenan Allen, but – the thing with Keenan Allen is his game, I think, transcends time because he doesn't win with speed. He wins with precise route running, and he has very, very good hands, and he just knows where to be. He understands and feels the soft spots in the zones. That's what makes him so incredibly effective, and I think that game is going to continue to translate for him because, hey, when you need a, a first down, Keenan Allen is a first down monster. Uh, it just – he. That's what he does. He converts at such a high rate, and he has done that consistently throughout his career. I think if you need a first down, you're going to go to Keenan. You need a big play or you need a touchdown, you're probably going to Mike Williams. <laughs> More with David Drogemeyer of Locked On Chargers coming up. I want to talk about the coaching staff. we got to get to the defensive side of the ball as well. And you can't forget the big men up front and a really remade offensive line over the last couple of years but first i want to let the folks out there know about bet online and you excited about the chargers in 2022 well guess what super bowl futures you can bet on tons of nfl action even though it's not nfl season currently how many passing yards will joe will will uh justin herbert have you could bet on that wins and losses coach of the year offensive defensive rookie of the year at betonline.net your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information find all the latest sports developments news and odds including nfl futures nba finals nhl major league baseball all summer long fighting news and wagering mma ufc boxing even vegas casino games as well live betting esports and more bet online is your continued source for not just sports information but wagering and man vegas casino games in between bets play a little blackjack or poker too so have a lot of fun at bet online head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at bet online where the game starts thanks again everybody for making peacock and williamson your first listen here on the locked on podcast network make sure you are subscribed up to the locked on nfl channel that is also the home of not only the locked on nfl podcast but the peacock and williamson nfl show and tons of other great content and remember your team is covered right here on the Locked On Podcast 
Network. So very easy to find that second listen after, of course, you make Peacock and Williamson your first <laughs> every day. Uh, David, offensive line really quick. Let's finish up the offensive side of the ball here. Yeah. And Zion Johnson, first round pick. The guy looks like a, an action figure. Some versatility, guard, center, uh, even tackle. I have a feeling he's going to get plugged in there at right guard. But talk to me about the rookie and talk to me as well how good last year's rookie first rounder was. And I love this. I, I, this is how you build a team, right? You go big time quarterback and then it's like, okay, let's get him a, a career franchise left tackle. And let's keep running the ball. Let's keep him protected in, in the inside pass rush as well with Zion Johnson uh, this year in the first round. So I love this. And uh, talk to me about the last year's first round in the first round draft pick and offensive tackle Slater and this year's Zion Johnson. Real quick, I want to piggyback off that before you do, because I didn't think it'd be a guard. You know, I mean, I thought it'd be a right tackle, but I think Zion Johnson's a tremendous player. And trust me, from my Steeler background, Matt Filer might be that right tackle. So I'm curious what you think of how all the pieces fit in, and especially what BP said. I mean, these last two first-round picks are really exciting. Oh, no doubt. And uh, the first thing that comes to mind when talking about the Chargers offensive line lately is I know Phillip Rivers is pissed. Like, he's he's got to be so, so mad being with the Chargers for 15-plus years, and now – he leaves, and a couple years later, they finally invest premium talent and, and draft capital in the offensive line, and he's got to be just so, so mad about that. <laughs> but last year, just starting with Rashawn Slater going chronologically, man, I mean, when we reviewed him in, in the upcoming, you know, go, going into the draft process, we we're like, man, this guy is amazing. Like, I mean, yeah, he sat out a year, but didn't matter what you asked him to do as a run blocker. He's running people over. He's, he's grading people. He's washing people out in, in pass protection, no matter who you go him up against. I, I think that his biggest battle was against Chase Young and he just him erased down. him, yeah. erased him in college. And then you, uh, you know, obviously go into the, his first season as a pro and he did it again. The, the first, that was the first matchup was him and Chase. And he absolutely just stonewalled him. But by, and you, how you know that is by halftime. He went to the other side and rushed over the right tackle. He's like, I'm done with Rashawn Slater. And that happened a lot last year. Rashawn Slater was a first team or second team all pro as a rookie. And I think that's really all you need to know about how impressive that young man is. And and he, he wow. I mean, the great ones have the great mindsets. He said he, he watched his tape every snap last year and saw a lot of plays that made him cringe. And I'm like, uh, hello, have you seen who played left tackle for the Chargers the last 15 years? That's what made you cringe, and you were a second-team All-Pro. Calm down, okay? Like, he, he played fantastic football, and that's He'll be just, just fine. Yeah. Just what the Chargers needed. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, oh my goodness! And then Zion Johnson here. I think Zion was just the cleanest prospect in the first yeah. round of the draft to me. I feel like he was a safe pick. Yeah, you don't. It's not a sexy pick. You you know, nobody wants to draft a guard in the first round. It's not a wide receiver. It's not a running back. It's not someone you you know you're going to be able to see those results translate, you know, night in and night out. But for me, that's exactly what this offensive line needed. Just another guy to to mix. They have a really good mix of youth and veteran experience on that offensive line with Rashawn Slater at left tackle, Matt Filer, who I think very well could possibly move over to right tackle because that was the biggest problem last year. I, I think sure. you look at this offensive line and four out of the five members, you feel very, very good about, especially Coy Lindsley in the middle of that offensive line, having an all-pro center taking some of those protections, uh, you know, as far as responsibilities away from Justin Herbert, taking a little bit off his plate. If they move Matt Fowler over a right tackle who has already played right tackle at a 
pretty damn high level in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think you could plug in Jamari Sawyer, who was a sixth round pick from I was um, shocked Georgia. He fell that long. Oh, me too. Yeah, I, I didn't make any sense to me. I think there's issues with the medicals as far as what I heard. Um, okay. But to me, this guy, you can plug and play at, at guard, and he played tackle for the world, cha- you know, the college championship team there. So he has some great versatility. This offensive line has been completely remade, and I think they're actually at a competent level, which is something you couldn't have said the last, you know, 14, 15 years. And even before looking at the additions that – were made on the defensive side of the ball. I want to talk about coaching first because, you know, we talked about young quarterback fixing the offensive line. There's there's a lot going on on the offensive side of the ball. And the most important thing a franchise can have in the NFL is that marriage of quarterback and coach. And now, so you have a coach coming into his second year. He's clearly a smart guy. And I thought it was funny in the offseason because everyone's like, oh, they need like a 350-pound nose tackle because they can't stop the run. Stopping the run is the big problem there. You know, some fourth down decisions and things like that. People love to uh, to second-guess those types of things with Brandon Staley. Um, but what was the the focus of the offseason? It was still stopping the pass and going out and getting the pass rusher. And so uh, it's, it's really interesting to corner. see how Brandon Staley <laughs> – sort of, Yeah, and he's unapologetic about it. He knows that it's the passing game in the NFL that is the most important thing. And, look, they addressed, I think, the, the run defense too. But um, what do you think is important for Brandon Staley going into year two before we really start to dive into those pieces on defense? Yeah, I mean, I think what's important for Brandon Staley is, I mean, in year one, it was all about trying to get as much protection for Justin Herbert as possible. And he, he kind of put his defense on the back burner. And I think he also kind of trusted in his ability to teach his new defensive scheme. But the bottom line is this. He didn't have the personnel to be able to execute his defense the way that it should be executed. And, you know, he kind of did the best he could with what was available at the time. And so after the season where they're able to see all the glaring holes on the defensive side, and you have a, a defensive coordinator, you know, with the Rams who had the number one defense in the NFL, I think the expectations for the defense were much higher than 27th in the league. So it's, I think it's pretty clear that Staley is set in his ways. Maybe that's not the best way to say it. Let's say he's dedicated to the analytical approach, kind of like Brian was saying, stop the pass first. You know, know, they were bad against the run. They were horrible against the run. But some of that's by design. They're going to play lighter boxes. They're going to live a big play. You know, I mean, they're never going to be in the top 10 against the run. And he's going to go for it on fourth down. Like, I think he's unapologetic, and he's totally in on the analytic way of looking at things and will probably sink or swim accordingly. Yeah, it's very, very true. But also, I I think a lot of that going for fourth down last year was also like, hey, who do I trust more? Do I trust, you know, my superstar young quarterback to be able to go out there and and make a play? Uh, Yeah, Uh, I don't really trust my defense defense because they didn't show me (laughs) a a reason why I should trust them. So I think, yeah, a lot of that was, hey, I'm going to put the ball in Justin Herbert's hands. He's going to go make a play and we're going to stay on the football field. And that helped them win, uh, you know, several games last year. But I think this Let year- me stop you real quick because something I've said in the show a bunch too is if I'm going to go for it on fourth and one all the time, maybe I'll draft a, f- a future Pro Bowl guard and a 230-pound back. Yeah. No, I mean, you know? <laughs> very true. Oh, yeah, yeah. the Chargers and, and Brandon Staley, they have all bought into the aggressive approach. They said this is the way we're going to play football here. That's how it's going to happen, and you know we are unapologetic about it. That's how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. How impactful do you expect – the addition of Khalil Mack to be for that defense? Oh, it's almost immeasurable. And and the reason for that is just taking a look at Khalil Mack, the player, 
he was excellent last year before he got hurt. I think he had six sacks in seven games. So, you know, the, any any kind of story or any, you know, anybody saying he's dropped off, is that's a complete fallacy. That, that's a complete lie. And I think it's important because of what it does for Joey Bosa on the other side. Joey Bosa has never had a running mate the caliber of Khalil Mack, a former defensive player of the year. Khalil Mack is such a complete player. He can stop the run. He can absolutely rush the passer. And now you can't dedicate resources to chipping and double teaming and triple teaming Joey Bosa. Now it's pick your poison. Now it's are you going to block Khalil Mack or are you going to you going to block Joey Bosa? Pick one. Uh, and then, oh, by the way, you have to worry about Derwin James also being brought down in the box, playing star or money and, and coming after your quarterback, too. So I just think it adds such an incredible element to this pass rush that they haven't had before. And I think it's going to be incredibly effective. I mean, hey, the defense in the NFL is all about rushing and covering. And the Chargers address those two emphatically, bringing in J.C. Jackson and trading for Khalil Mack. They sure did. And massive star power there. I don't want to say it's as important, but I think the Sebastian Joseph day is not too far off that addition because he comes from the Rams playing the exact same scheme, you know, that light box gap and a half type of thing. And again, they're not going to be top 10 against the run, but if somebody like him in there is doing their job, they might not stink at it. And I think that's all they care about. Well, Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson, Johnson, two two of the interior defensive linemen that they signed this offseason are top 15 in the NFL and run-stop percentage. Mm -hmm. These two dudes, that's what they do. They were brought in for one singular purpose, and that is to stop the run. They've done it at an extremely high level in the NFL, and Brandon Staley and the Chargers expect them to do that for them this season. I was a little surprised at how – I thought J.C. Jackson was going to actually get paid more. Yeah, and, and do, do you think that was part of them saying, "Oh man, I guess we could fit J.C. Jackson in too," along with uh, along with Khalil Mack? And look, and, and they did add to the defensive line as well. So there, I mean, there is a lot of a day. You're talking about four new starters out yeah. of eleven on defense, right? J.C. Jackson was uh, actually someone who was recruited hard by Derwin James, and Derwin James and J.C. Jackson actually played flag football together as kids. So they already kind of had an established relationship. They also saw each other at the at the Pro Bowl, and Derwin James was also continuing to recruit him there. And I think, uh, honestly, by the time free agency came around, uh, J.C. Jackson basically told his agent, I want to go to the Chargers, get the deal done. I don't really care you know, where the money is as long as it's it's comparable because I think all of us, especially, you know, me and Dan expected J.C. Jackson to get a $20 million per year kind of contract because that's what he had displayed the last couple of years. He had 17 interceptions the last two seasons alone, which is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you don't earn the moniker of Mr. INT for nothing, and that's definitely why. And you bring him to the fold at $16 million per year, getting a true unequivocal number one corner in this league, especially looking at the other contracts, was a steal. I think I could win a game or two in flag football with J.C. Jackson, especially Derwin James. Imagine <laughs> Derwin James on your flag football team. Maybe even <laughs> maybe even go both ways a little bit with those. Yeah, teams. we could probably get the ball oh, yeah. in his hands here yeah. and there. Absolutely. All right. I'll say I have for you super quick. Tillery and Kenneth Murray, former first-round picks. Is it time yeah. to really worry about those guys, especially Tillery? Absolutely, it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know we, we've all we've been worried about it. Um, the thing with Jerry Tillery, it's always been consistency. He, it's been flashes of brilliance. We've seen plays like against the the Dallas Cowboys going up against Connor, uh, one of their you know obviously all star guards that they had at the time. 
one play, he absolutely blows him up, goes through and, and gets, you know, gets the, the running back on the ground. And then the second play, he's getting absolutely mauled and washed out. And that's the problem with Tillery is always consistency. And then for Kenneth Murray, it's just been he's been injured every single year. And when he was on the football field, he was not very productive. And I think with the star power that's around him now on this Chargers defense, it's really it's either put up or shut up yeah, now or never. because there's no excuses. I mean, you're going to have holes to, to run through as a linebacker. You're going to have pass rushers on the outside. You're going to have guys on the back end that can cover. So now it's do your job or we're going to have to move on. David, do you have time to hang out for one more segment and talk a little bit about the uh, the division there, which is Let's a really do it. division to talk about? Matt and I have talked so much about the West, so I want to get your opinions on how uh, the Chargers look there in the AFC West. But I got to let the folks out there know about Built Bar, and there's all kinds of new flavors coming all the time at Built.com. Caramel brownie is one of the latest, chewy chocolatey brownie. Uh, you know the flavor, but you don't know about having a caramel brownie that tastes like a treat but is only four grams of sugar, only 130 calories, and 17 grams of protein. That's what you're getting with Built Bars. It is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So get rid of all those snacks that are terrible for you with 30 grams of sugar that completely wreck your diet by just cramming one down your gullet every day. Just don't even have it in your house. Don't have it at your desk at work. Get yourself a box of Built Bars. Get that high-protein low calorie, low sugar combination that your body needs. And guess what? Most built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. So your taste buds will thank you for it too. You don't have to sacrifice taste for eating healthy anymore with built bar. Tons of great flavors at built new flavors coming all the time. They've got the puffs, the classic flavors. I love the peanut butter. You can get the new caramel brownie at built.com, but you might have to ask fast because the new flavors sell out very quickly at built.com. Just go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Okay, David, I, I mentioned it a little bit ago, but I, I thought it was fascinating because when you are building the Chargers and you're in the AFC West and you see what's going on in that division and then Russell Wilson joins it and you've already you know, just, you just got some, some really great talent in, in such a competitive division and you're a team that, Everybody points to and says the big thing that you have to do better is stop the run. And so what do they do? They go out and get the best pass rusher they can find on the market and the best free agent cornerback on the market. Because guess what? Patrick Mahomes still scares you more than Clyde Edwards Hilaire, right? And Derek Carr throwing to Devontae Adams still scares you more than Josh Jacobs. So uh, I, th I thought that was fascinating. And they did some work on the defensive line as well. But uh, I, I, the arms race in the AFC West is just super fun. And now when you add everything else that all the other teams have done, nobody got worse and everybody probably got better or at least stayed the same. So the Chargers, they were on the outside looking in last year. Did they do enough to take that next step and maybe even go win the West? I'm going to say yes. I think every avenue uh, of what they did wrong or, or what they struggled in last year has been added to uh, emphatically. You know, they, they couldn't stop the run. They bring in guys that can stop the run. They didn't get enough turnovers last year. They bring in a guy who had 17 interceptions the last <laughs> two years. They bring in a Khalil Mack, who is also one of the best strip sack artists in the NFL, pairing him with one of the other best strip sack artists in the NFL, Joey Bosa. So I think every aspect of the defense, and then the offense was already top five, and then you add another fantastic offensive lineman to that group. Uh, I think Justin Herbert is primed to break out this season, he has all of the, the supporting cast members that he needs. I think up and down the offensive roster, the defensive roster, 
there are stars, uh, you know, at every single level. And I think you feel very confident that if this team is able to stay healthy, then they absolutely should contend and should honestly probably be one of the favorites to win the AFC West this season. So I certainly have some more divisional questions for you, but I have a little exercise for the two of you. When I hit three, spit out the best Bosa. Ready? One, two, three. Joey Bosa. Oh, it's it's Nick. But oh, then you've got to give credit to Dad, too, because without Dad, there's neither one of them exists. Yeah, and, ah, that's Mom, a good one. That's a good one. I like too. that. <laughs> also a first-round pick. And when they every winter, they go back and work out with Dad, and they come back even better. Yes. It's amazing it. the shape that Give Nick Mosley up. Too, though. Yeah, well, the mom's oh, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. both both the spectacular <laughs> genes. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Yes. Good genes there. And it's funny because Nick Bosa comes back from minicamp. He's got this Florida tan. And he his, bo- his body fat percentage is to the point where, you know, you start to get worried because you can't get too low. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too low four, that's like unhealthy. It, it, it's, it's amazing. The it's shape like John Cena there. status. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. What is going on here? So, yeah, uh, they've, they've got some good genes. And uh, that family puts in the work, too, which is you know maybe the biggest key out of all of it. Back to the division real quick, though, David. Yeah. I might take the Chargers. I'm, I'm torn between the Chargers and Chiefs. But I think there's a lot of value in the fact that Andy Reid wins five or six AFC West games every year. You know, Absolutely. like clockwork. And they've been there. They've done it. Chargers didn't even make the playoffs. Could we get – are we disrespecting respecting the champs a little bit here a little bit? I mean, it, you have to beat them, right? Yeah, I mean, right. It, you have to. I think you you have to have that chip on your shoulder. You have to have that belief that you're going to be able to supplant them. Uh, and the Chiefs have been on top of the division for you know the last five years. They went to the Super Bowl the last four years. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you don't think you can beat them, you're not going to. So I mean, mindset is a large part of it. But also, I think you just trust the work that you put in. I mean, last year w- was great with the offense, and you saw. And I think that's that's why I'm I'm excited about the Chargers is that they saw obvious deficiencies on their team and they addressed them. Yeah, you know that that doesn't happen. It doesn't yeah. happen for every single team. So that that's what gives me confidence that they have that situational awareness to understand where their problems were and how to fix them. And I feel very confident that they did fix them. But also, I'm, I've said this on Lockdown Chargers. I'm tired of the noise. I'm tired of the attention the Chargers get every single year. I want them to just go out there and handle their business. Yeah, I yeah. think they they've done they've done enough talking with the moves that they made. Now it's time to strap up and go show everyone in the NFL and the AFC West that the Chargers are actually for real. So clearly, to win the West, you've got to go through Kansas City. Are Always. you more worried about the Broncos or the Raiders though? Now in 2022, just between those two teams. Yeah, I think. With the Raiders, they, they've always had some kind of ineptitude as far as their organization and how they've run. Some of their draft picks are always a, a little bit you know, crazy to me. I don't understand it. Uh, the Broncos ha- are a monster in waiting because they've had an incredible defense year after year after year, and a lot of those pieces are still there. And they have a young crop of wide receivers that are very explosive and I think have just been missing – a premier passer to be able to get them the football. Now they have that. That is very dangerous. I mean, especially with Russell Wilson. Now, knowing that Russell Wilson likes to throw the ball up a little bit. And so I think the Chargers will be in position to get some of those interceptions. But that's a team I'm very, very concerned about because they had the defense. Now they have a quarterback to orchestrate the offense. And so I am concerned with the Broncos more so than the Raiders this year. 
Well, it's going to be fun. If I'm not mistaken, it's the Raiders, right? In week one, that travel to Los Angeles to face the Chargers and then the Chiefs in, in week two. So right off the back bat, to back, baby. Division yeah. opponents. We'll find out a lot about that. And uh, Chiefs Show Chargers. up, Chargers fans. Get there. Yeah. You don't want that to be the black hole. Please Chargers in prime time, and it was—is that a short week? That's a Thursday game. It right? is a short. I'm I'm happy to get the Thursday night out of the way early because yeah. I mean I'd much rather have it in the beginning where the bodies are fresh and the minds are fresh. Get it out of the way, and then you know full steam ahead the rest of the season. Not as deep yeah. on the death chart, and you know right. Yeah, yeah. be a statement game by those Los Angeles Chargers in uh, week two prime time at Kansas City. I can't wait for the 2022 season, David. Really appreciate you jumping in with us and staying through the whole pod and and breaking down not only the Chargers but the AFC West. You guys can find him every day on the Locked On Chargers podcast, a must listen for any Chargers fan, and of course on Twitter at Rotok SD. David, appreciate me. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for uh, inviting me. I appreciate it. And Matt and I will be back tomorrow talking about the rest of the NFL as we do daily here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Talk to you then right here. Peacock and Williamson.